0: Welcome to Awaken Podcasts. I hope you enjoy the teaching.
1: Well, again, good morning, friends. My name is Micah. Um, if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to find them. We're going to be in 2 Kings chapter two, and as you go there, just a couple of housekeeping things I'll add to the announcement roll. Um, number one, uh, I was noted or I was asked from the back if you guys could scoot in at all. We've got some people that are still looking for seats, so if you're on the edges, if you could make a, a scooch to the inside, that'd be helpful. Thank you. Um, September 16th is kind of our official fall kickoff. And so in a couple of weeks, we'll have uh, a number of things happening. Hopefully, Lord willing, uh, full, full service uh, or full program for our kids in the mornings. And also uh, our youth group, our student ministry is kicking off that day. We're going to have uh, sort of a volunteer fair. We've done this in the past. Uh, in the back in the lobby, and that'll give you a chance just to get a sense of um, what ministries, if you're looking for a place to plug in where the holes are and where we're looking for people to sort of step in and and serve, um, so please be aware of that. And a special announcement for those of you who are in kids' community, uh, there's a training for you all September the 13th. I don't even know what day of the week that is, but um, it's September the 13th. Either way, it's 7 p.m., and if you're signed up or planning to to come to be equipped, that's the note I've got on my 3x5. Here, so, there you are. That's for you guys. As, uh, David Letterman throws pencils, so I thought I would go with the cards instead of the pencils, all right? Um, so, if you are new to Awaken, welcome to uh, a little series we do, in the, usually in the summer, called Lost in Translation. Um, and essentially, Lost in Translation is an exploration of difficult passages in the Bible. Um, so, for many of us, I think myself included... I know that, um, if I'm honest, the Bible can sometimes be a little bit confusing um, when when passages are difficult and then misinterpreted and then misapplied, or um, they can sometimes even be damaging or harmful. And so um, I'm convinced that the Bible is what the old-time covenanters said, the only perfect rule for faith, doctrine, and conduct, which is sort of this interesting navigation between the poles of inerrancy and infallibility and all these words people use about the Bible to say only what's needed and necessary, that this book is actually helpful for the people of God to live into what we've been asked to do in the world. So the only perfect rule for faith, doctrine, and conduct. And so um, this book, I think... uh, it, it, obviously, it tells the story of God's involvement in the people of Israel and then in, in and through Jesus, this invitation to be a part of the church. And so we typically try to find the most difficult verses in the Bible and, and look at them and try to make sense of them. So that's, what's, that's what Lost in Translation is. And we're going to be in 2 Kings chapter 2 this morning. Um, I'm going to cut the teaching a little bit short and I'm going to invite my friend John Mark to come up a little bit at the end. So let's read the text and then we'll jump in. So if you can, I'd invite you to stand. We'll begin in verse 1. Says, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, "Stay here, the Lord has sent me to Bethel." But Elisha said, "As surely as the Lord lives and you live, I will not leave you." So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, "Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today?" Yes, I know, Elisha replied, so be quiet. There you go. I know. Keep your mouth shut. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, Elisha, the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. And so they went to Jericho. The company of prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, again, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you? Yes, I still know. He replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and you live, I will not leave you. And the two of them walked on. So you see the, the pattern happening here. Fifty men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak and rolled it up and struck the water with it. The water divided the right to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I am taken from you. Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and of horses appeared and separated the two of them. If you ever wondered where the movie came from, this is the inspiration. Chariots of Fire. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and, the, and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment and tore it in two. Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where now is the God of Elijah, he asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. Pray with me. God, this morning, as we spend some time in your word, I ask that, uh, as I often do, that it would be what you say it is, alive and active, that it wouldn't be a dead, two-dimensional text written thousands of years ago, but in fact would be something for us today. Uh, In the midst of our own lives and our own community's life, I pray that this this book and this passage would have something for us. Uh, I pray in the strong name of Christ and all of God's people said, amen, amen. You can have a seat. Now, if you're wondering where we're going on this one, or maybe you're sitting here asking, um, does the transition of leadership between Elijah and Elisha have anything to do with me inviting John Mark up at the end of my teaching? <laughs> and the answer to that question is yes. Yes, it does. Um, instead of letting you sort of suffer through the next few moments of this teaching, uh, wondering if, uh, if in fact something is going on, uh, I want to just begin by saying through a lot of prayer and discernment, um, John Mark and Sarah have uh, discerned that... Um, well, how do I say it? Um, the season of John Mark leading us at Awaken in Music is coming to an end. And so if you're here this morning and your are family um, or you're new, um, welcome to a very intimate experience where uh, someone beloved in our community is transitioning from one role to another. Um, I hope that, and I think that even in the midst of this being a very specific um, morning that there's something for you as well as it relates to transition and what happens when things change in our lives. Um, but for a few minutes, I want to preface um, John Mark coming and sharing a little bit more. Uh, and I want to try to give us a container with which to hold the news and this experience that we're going to walk together as a community. Um, while this passage, I think, actually could qualify on its own as a Lost in Translation passage, because there's a lot of weird things happening here. Um, I have found a few spots in it that I, have brought me great comfort as I've um, been Well, thinking about this and wondering um, what we'd say and what I would say this morning. So I hope that you leave this morning not with fear or anxiety or despair, but rather hope um, for what God is doing in our midst. So a couple of thoughts and then I'll invite John to come up and share a little bit more about how we've come here. Um, the first is in verse 7. I want you to notice what happens with the group of people that are Elijah's sort of community. Um, in the ancient Near East, there often were prophets and people who would speak on behalf of God. Uh, and those people often had a group of followers uh, a community of people that were learning and growing and walking with this person. So the whole community of Elijah's friends and followers, in verse 7, it says, fifty men from the company of prophets went and stood at a distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan." The first thing I want to note is that the whole community comes out to bear witness to what God is doing. Um, this is a huge moment in the history of this community, or the, for this community, Uh, There's a transition that's taking place and a mantle of leadership that's being passed from one person to another. Um, And these people, Elijah's followers, this community, 50 of them according to the text, come out and they stand at a distance so they let what's happening happen, but they stand and they bear witness to what's taking place. Uh, There was a series of moments that is now in their collective memory together because they were present for what God did in their midst that day. So a question. Um, well, actually, no. I'll, I'll share a story and then a question. Uh, I'll share That's share a story combined. I'll share The first fall retreat we ever took at Awaken uh, was like six years ago. And we went up to Covenant Pines. And we had never done this before as a community. We were a young church plant, uh, maybe 7,500 people or so. And about 50 of us went up to Covenant Pines on this fall retreat. And I said, as we were sort of prepping for this, by the way, this is a great commercial for our fall retreat coming October 26th, 27th, and 28th, for those of you who are taking notes. Um, I, I prefaced this retreat with like, if you can make it on this retreat, please come, because something will happen to the group of people that go, and there will be a shared memory, a collection of events that happen, and this will be stored as a shared memory in our community's life. And then there will be a time later after the retreat when someone says, do you remember when dot, dot, dot. And if you can't make it to this retreat, like it's understandable, but you'll be missing out on something that's happened or that happened in the life of our community. These people, though this may have been a difficult transition from one prophet to another, all kinds of things happening, they bore witness to what God was doing in their midst. They stood and they were there. There was a series of events that became a collective memory for the community. So a question for us as Awaken. Can we as a community bear witness to God's leading in John, Mark, and Sarah's life? Like what does it mean for us to stand with and to serve someone who has served us faithfully for the last four years? Can we as a community stand and bear witness, testify to what God is doing in John and Sarah's life? That would be a huge gift that we could give. I'll also ask, can we be present enough to bear witness to what God will do? I have no doubt that for those who call this place home and who invest in it and are committed to it through its ups and its downs, that we will, find, we will come to a day in our future when we will say, do you remember when? And we will recount the ways in which we saw and found God faithful amidst our community and in our journey together. I would just encourage you not to miss that. Because of fear, or anxiety, or despair, or uncertainty, or what's unknown in the future. To not miss the fact that in, over and over and over, if the scriptures say anything, they testify to the fact, and I would be one to also testify, and there's probably people in this room to testify, that we find God faithful in the midst of our transitions. And that that will be true for this one as well. And so as a community, can we come out to the river's edge and bear witness to not only what God's doing in their lives, but also what God will do in our community's life? I think we also note, I would note, that um, secondly, not only that the whole community comes out to bear witness to this, but there was an Elisha after Elijah, right? Right? Elijah is quite possibly like top two Old Testament figures, and, and certainly top two Old Testament prophets, like only rivaled by Jeremiah. This, this guys he's legit. He's the real deal. He's the guy that rains down fire on the prophets of Baal and, uh, on Mount Carmel. I mean, he's got quite a, quite a resume, and this is a big deal, Um, For those followers of Elijah, this moment had to be filled with all kinds of feelings, right? They'd been following Elijah, and this is their man, and he's speaking on behalf of God, and they're a part of this cadre called Elijah's prophets. And it was probably filled with all kinds of feelings. Maybe, I'm reading into the text now, I think we, we can do that. Fear, doubt, anxiety, excitement for the future, uncertainty, unknown. Who would step into the shoes of one of the greatest prophets in Israel's history? Now, I don't know if you know uh, uh, this word midrash. So there's this idea in in Judaism called midrash where the teachers and and the rabbis would basically read a story and then they fill in the blanks. They would sort of fill in between the lines the details that aren't given in the text. They would kind of take it and run with it and sort of write about it. And there's volumes of work called midrash. If I were going to do my own midrash on this text... I would say this, as, as a, now that I'm 41, I feel like I can kind of say this, right? The upside of history and getting a little older and being one of the older people in the community. Uh-huh, if I were going to write a midrash on this, it would be from the perspective of an old timer, like speaking to the young and the new in the community to say, reassuring that we've been here before and Yahweh has been faithful. I just think that's interesting that that's what I heard when I left and I came back from the sabbatical. Um, it was February the 18th when um, I remember this day because my friends Ben and Toff had uh, just surprised me to take me out for my birthday. Uh, they decided to surprise me by showing up at my house in ski masks with baseball bats going to go out on a limb and say just don't ever do that. Like to anyone, but especially someone who does not like to be scared. I hate, like I can't even, the words do not come, like get to how deeply and passionately with the intensity of a thousand white hot suns. I hate being scared. I hate it. My body just like does things that I can't even control. I almost punched my newlywed wife in the face one time when she snuck up behind me. I almost killed our youth pastor last week, you guys, when he scared me. The Lord have mercy on your soul, my son. Ben and Toff showed up in ski masks and baseball bats uh, on my, near my birthday to take me out to celebrate me. Such a weird, weird way to do that. And, and then we ended up in Toff's neighbor's garage. Like, hey, let's take you out to celebrate your birthday. We're going to my neighbor's garage. He was a, a mechanic and had like a big potbelly stove in his garage and three barber chairs, like old school barber chairs. And evidently, when, when the guys would come over, maybe there were gals too, I'm just assuming there were mostly guys in that garage, uh, they would sit in these old barber chairs and like just shoot the breeze, you know, doing what they did. So Toff and Ben say, that's a great idea. We'll take Micah to my neighbor's garage and we'll play cards. So that's what we did. I don't know why I'm telling you all that. The point of the story is, shortly after that event, which was just really comic relief, truth be told, shortly after that event, it's Tuesday morning, February 18th, and I remember sitting in Ben's uh, uh, living room, and the sun was beaming in, kind of like through these windows, and I remember the moment like it was yesterday when, in a quiet moment after our staff planning and worship planning meeting, Ben kind of, in this awkward moment, looks up and says, Friends, I'm leaving Awaken. And I remember thinking all kinds of things, like sadness, betrayal, anger, fear. Uh, Some of you are here thinking, like, who's Ben Rosenbush? (laughs) Which is, in some ways, part of my point. Um, There's always an Elisha after Elijah. And in that moment, um, here we are again. I was there, I don't even know, four and a half years ago. And the light was coming through the windows, and I remember this, and here we are again this morning. And maybe you're wondering, and I I remember saying to my wife, like, how on earth are we going to replace Ben Rosenbush? And you might be sitting here thinking, how are we going to replace John Mark Nelson? Like, one of the best. And as one of the old timers in this community, I would grab your chins, and I would lift your eyes, and I would say to you this morning, we're going to make it. We've been here before, and we're not replacing anyone. Elijah wasn't replaced by Elisha. Ben wasn't replaced by John Mark. There was an Elisha after Elijah. There was a John Mark after Ben. And there will be a someone after John Mark. There will come a day when people come to this church and they're like, Who's John Mark Nelson? And someday they'll come to this church and they'll say, Who's Micah with him? Because the movement in the kingdom of God and the work of God just keeps moving and it just keeps going. And friends, we don't replace people. We didn't replace Ben Rosenbush. Elijah wasn't replaced by Elisha, but there was an Elisha after Elijah. We're not going to replace John Mark Nelson, but there will be an Elisha after Elijah. In fact, I would say we're not going to replace John Mark and Sarah. We're going to celebrate them. We're going to be grateful every time we think about them. We're going to remember all of the ways in which they've poured their lives into this community and we're better for it. We're not going to forget them or replace them, but there will be an Elisha after Elijah. The other thing I'll note from this passage, and then we'll have John come up here in just a moment, is that there's always a crossing over in transition and change. I don't know if you know this about the Bible, but there are these ideas, these sort of motifs that sort of run through the text and they find their way back into stories over and over again. And crossing over is one of those motifs, one of those narratives. The word Hebrew in the biblical language, which is Hebrew, so Hebrew in the, in the language of Hebrew literally means one who crosses over. Which is fascinating because it's spoken of the first Hebrew, Abraham, in chapter, well, Abraham at that point, and then he crosses over and becomes Abraham, he gets the, the, one of the letters of God's name added to his name when he what? Crosses over, when he decides to make the journey, when he leaves and walks towards what God is inviting him to walk towards. There's always these crossing overs, and to inhabit the people of God, or to be the people of God, you s- essentially become a crosser-overer. That's a very technical biblical term. But that's what people do in the Bible. Think about all the people who've done it. Israel, the people. Moses does it. uh, Elijah, Elisha, Jacob, Jesus. All people who cross over from one place to the next. The people cross over from outside of the land to inside of the land. In this transition for us, there are multiple layers and levels here. John, Mark, and Sarah are being invited to cross over into something new and unknown. We as a community, as Awaken, are being invited to cross over from one place to another. And there's a choice here, friends. We have a choice in this matter. We can be Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite and we can say, like, do you remember back when we were in high school? Do you know those people? They, like, sit at the bar, Bay Street Grill, right down here. And they sit there and they, sit, they, like, they talk about what happened in high school as if it were yesterday. Like, they've never moved on. We will not be those people, Okay? Awaken's being invited to cross over and to receive something new that God is going to do. So the question is, will we? Will we cross over? Will we move? Will we walk? Or will we get stuck? And our crossing over has a direct impact on John Mark and Sarah's crossing over, does it not? Because if we can't make the move, if we can't set them free and hang on, their crossing over is difficult also. They're, in their own lives, crossing over into something that God's inviting them into. But if we, as a community, won't give them the gift of setting them free to receive and walk into whatever it is that God's inviting them to, then we become a burden, not a blessing. So you got to let go. There was a letting go of Elijah in order to receive Elisha. And in every transition, this is true in all the ancient stories and in every change in our lives, that there's this letting go, right? I mean... If Disney writes a song about it, it's gotta be true. <laughs> let it go, baby, you gotta let it go. We have, to rec- we have to let go of something to receive what's next. John, Mark, and Sarah had to let go of something in order to receive what's next. And so my hope and prayer is that in the midst of this transition, that we as a community can actually and will actually be a blessing. Hey, we will give John, Mark, and Sarah the gift of being free to receive and walk into whatever it is that God is inviting them next, and for us, as we do, to remember that there is and there always is an Elisha after Elijah, that we're being invited to cross over into whatever God is inviting us to. So those are a few words of encouragement, I hope, um, before I invite Mr. John Mark Nelson to come on up. So John, if you would, I, I asked Laura this morning to actually bring two stools from my house These are from my kitchen. And um, for those of you that have been around for the entirety of Awaken's history, you know what this means. The only time we ever have two stools on the stage is when someone's leaving. And so, um, John Mark Nelson, my friend. I'll sit on the the broken one.
0: (laughs) Hello. Um, Well, friends, I in the last years of my life. I have uh, had some high pressure moments, some stages that I needed to get up on, some things I needed to learn, some performances I needed to do. And I have never been more nervous than I am right now. <laughs> I woke up and I was having breakfast and my hands were shaking. Um, and the reason I'm so grateful to get up and, and speak with all of you is that I wish uh, my life, uh, my time, uh, life in general would be structured in such a way where I could have this conversation face-to-face with each and every one of you. Uh, you're all so dear to me. And to to have a, a mass announcement or a mass email or something just doesn't feel like it does it justice. And, and the reason is because um, the important thing here is the story. Um, story matters so much. And the story that has emerged in me this year is not a story of leaving Awaken, um, but of changing how I invest in Awaken. And I think that's so critical here, because um, four years ago, I came to this community suspiciously and reluctantly, to be honest. Uh, I grew up as a a music pastor's son. My dad worked in church music for 23 years at the same church. Um, And oddly enough, when (laughs) Ben Rosenbush, left Awaken, it was to replace my dad, Um, (laughs) and so Ben invited me to this community to to learn more about it, and I'll maybe touch more on that later, but four years ago, I came to this community reluctantly and completely fell in love um, with the people, with the spirit, with the the vision, the mission, the values, and that love is still just as strong, if not stronger, uh, in me today than it was then and um this this uh this story is uh one of paying attention to my heart and needing a season of rest and of some change because i grew up in the church um i started helping my dad with sunday morning production when i was like 14 Um, and i'm 24 now so i've i've been involved in sunday morning service production for 10 years, um, straight, Sunday in, Sunday out, a few breaks here and there. And truth be told, I'm, I'm very tired. <laughs> um, I love this place, I love that you have given me the incredible gift of leadership here. Um, it's such an honor, um, but paying attention to my heart, I've never been to church with my wife. Um, and I show up Christmas morning exhausted, um, I end, I end December discouraged. I go into the new year burnout. Um, and quite honestly, I need, I need to make some changes in my life. Um, I'm spread a little thin. And because I love this place so much, giving it less than everything I possibly could at any time was unacceptable to me. And so as this year turned over, early on this year, January, February, um, I came to Micah and I was like, I think think this is my year. Um, but um, one of the most important things to me right off the bat was there was no way I would uh, transition out before um, before Micah got to go on sabbatical. Um, I really wanted to stay through the summer and provide structure and, and an assurance to all of you that this community uh, will continue, it will thrive, it will grow, it will be what it has been in the world and more. It will continue to grow and change and, and not stay the same. And so um, when Sarah and I take a little time off, we'll we'll return to this community truly. Um, and I know that not every church is the kind of place uh where you could do that. Uh, and so I'm grateful to be in a community where I hope in a few months to be sitting in a pew. Um, serving in new ways, um, taking a time of rest. I told my volunteers that whoever leads next, um, maybe, in a, maybe in six months or so, maybe I'll audition for them and see if they'll let me on the team, <laughs> see if I can play a little bit. And so that's really the heart of where I'm at, friends, is not a, is not a, um, a goodbye to Awaken, which I am so grateful for because- Me too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I love this place so much and just uh, bringing my volunteers, And the staff and everyone into this decision made me so sad, Uh, even though I know it's the right decision. And so if I was getting up in front of you and saying, I'm transitioning out of playing every Sunday and I'm leaving the community, I would be a wreck. So um, that's a little bit of my heart and Sarah and I's heart. And I'm grateful for this opportunity to share that story because hopefully it's less dramatic and final than goodbye forever.
1: So just a couple of uh, details um, on timing and kind of some of the questions we might anticipate. Um, In January or February, when John Mark started having this conversation, do you remember the question I asked you, which sort of led you, it was something to the effect of what are are your dreams or what do you imagine for the future? Yeah. And your response to me was, I think, telling and very, uh, I guess speaks to the integrity of this process, which was, you know, Micah, as I think about what I'm dreaming and where I want to spend my creative energy and invest it, um, I'm not sure that it's Sunday morning church music anymore. Um, and John, Mark, and I have had a very open relationship as he's served at Awaken. And it's always been so long as you can keep doing this with integrity and, and your heart is in this and say yes to the oppor- other opportunities that are available to you, we want, to, we want you to do that. And I want to be partners in ministry with you. Uh, and the moment that's, that changes, you've got to tell me, um, and so that was in January, uh, February this last year. So it feels like, oh my gosh, we didn't want to say, Mike is going to be gone for sabbatical and John Mark's also leaving and uh, good luck this summer. So <laughs> <laughs> Laura and I and are just so grateful to you and to Sarah for your continued investment over the summer. Um, and there's really never a good time to, to say any of this or do any of this. But um, so this fall, uh, we decided like today would be the day we would uh, talk to you all about this and um, John Mark is going to be here through September 30th and so the, the last weekend in September will be his last Sunday leading um, music at Awaken. so we're planning to um, sing a lot and um, maybe it's a little unfair that like on your last day you're just going to lead all morning but um, <laughs> we want it to be a celebration and uh, a, a morning where we just sing our hearts out together um, to say thank you and thank um, together sort of point our hearts in the right direction towards what God's leading. So um, between now and then, um, whatever you feel is on your heart to say thank you to John and Sarah for their investment in our community, follow it and give with with big and generous hearts um, whatever that gift or thank you might look like. Um, And if there are questions, we are, um, so from September to December, basically we're looking at kind of an interim um, period or October to December where some familiar faces and some unfamiliar faces are gonna be joining us and um, leading us in music. And the hope is really by January, we have someone identified to kind of lead us into the next chapter uh, and the next season of music at Awaken. So if there are other questions, please connect with me or the advisory team, anyone who serves on that, they're all on the website if you don't know who they are, Um, and we'd be glad to chat more about that with you. Sound good? Okay, I asked John Mark um, on, on this day, could you lead us in one song as we close and like you pick it? So why this song?
0: Yeah, so do you want me to explain it now or go over and get set and then explain it? Because there's going to be an awkward silence while I go and pick up my guitar and put in my monitors and take a drink of water.
1: Yeah. Um, Choose your own adventure. Okay.
0: (laughs) We'll we'll go for story now, awkward pause later.
1: All right. At least we know what's coming then.
0: Yeah, so this is a song... um, one of the things that I've been grateful for, uh, this is, good, this is a, maybe a funny confession, I don't listen to a lot of Christian music. I want to be honest. And so... <laughs> and so... Uh, most, most of the songs that I've discovered um, have been from my good friend, Micah. <laughs> like, I text him all
1: the time, like, hey, have you heard this off the new Hillsong album? He's like, no, haven't, haven't even listened to it yet. I haven't.
0: <laughs> I haven't heard the old Hillsong album. <laughs> Um so one of the things uh that I've been really grateful for is a lot of the songs that have kind of become anthems for us here at Awaken, uh I didn't know going into this. And this one is a song that Micah asked me to play at one time and I listened to it and I was like, Yeah, it's it's tolerable. We can do that. <laughs> and that <laughs> and then that's our standard yeah, right away, yeah. for
1: yeah. Sunday. If it's tolerable,
0: we That'll will pass. Do yeah, That'll pass. pass. Yeah. Um And as often happens when I commit to a new song that that someone shows me is that I'm almost always immediately humbled by the words or the melodies and they kind of get into my soul and my skin and I'm like, oh, that actually is a really, really good song. And this is one of those songs. Um, And uh, it felt so true to sing it this morning because I think it's a a song that has always and, and will always be true. For this community it's it's just like become this this anthem and this prayer that i think is so um important in any time of transition so now as we as we look at this time of change um, this song starts off with our church's name the very first word of the song is awaken Um, and the refrain is this beautiful prayer spirit of the living god fall afresh on us and and my prayer is that that is true every day of all of our lives. You know, it's not just something that happens on Sunday morning, but at least when we're all together, we can remember that prayer on Sunday mornings um, together. So if you know the song, I uh, invite you to sing it. If you don't, I'm so sorry. Uh, I didn't either. <laughs> um, but it's, it's really beautiful. And the, and the words have become such a, such a just soothing and life-giving presence in, in my heart. So um, yeah, awkward silence. Here okay. we come. <laughs> I'm going to set
1: it up. So, <laughs> yeah, guys, okay. so as, as we, uh, we'll, we'll sort of do what we typically do on a Sunday, which is uh, a time of silence. And um, as we move into that, I'll just, a short prayer. Um, and I would invite you in that time of silence just to hold uh, two things the Nelsons and awaken um, in your hearts. So, pray with me if you would. God, this morning we gather as your church um, because of the work the life, the death, the resurrection of the Christ. Because of Jesus, we gather in your name. And um, we thank you for who you are, who you've been, who you will be. And in this next moment of silence, um, we wanna be intentional with our hearts and our intention. Um, We wanna direct it towards John, Mark, and Sarah and the gift that they've been, uh, the future that is unknown in some ways uh, as to what's next. And also for Awaken. And so Holy Spirit, would you um, speak to us? Find us online at
0: www.awakencommunity.com Or on Facebook at www.facebook.com Backslash Community Or on Twitter at Awaken Community See you next time.